Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. We're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? So we do. We even made a podcast about it. Can you imagine? The episode we're looking at today is The Imposter. Ooh. So this episode aired September 12th, 2003. It was directed by Bruce McDonald again. Really? And, yes. Nice. And it was written by Brent Piakowski. Um, so he was also the executive producer of a bunch of CanCon shows kind of around the same time, same network. He did uh, Naturally Sadie, The Latest Buzz, and most recently Spun Out. Um, and he's, fun fact, also currently a writer for Hatchimals Adventures in Hatchtopia. Oh my god. Brand. We've got a couple of guest appearances in this episode. First, we've got William Greenblatt as Leon Appleton. Uh, you may also have seen him in In a Heartbeat, or as his recurring character in Life with Derek, Sheldon Schlepper. Great. That's a lot such of a fun. good name. Um, we've also got Daniela Gonzalez as Paige Garcia, and Jennifer Miller as Aaron Kaminsky. Um, Jennifer's been in a bunch of like random bit parts, um, notably Bitch Slap in 2009. <laughs> Yeah, she's been in like an American Pie movie and stuff like that. But she's also been in Naturally Sadie, Little Mosque on the Prairie, Instant yeah. Star, a lot of that CanCon. Classic. I couldn't find like anything about Daniela Gonzalez. She's only done a little bit of things. Yeah, not a ton of credits. Including uh, she was in a TV movie called Mom at 16 with Danielle Panabaker and Jane Krakowski. <laughs> she had wow. a small role in that. And then Will Greenblatt actually... Um, he owns his own company now. After a 16-year career in acting, I took a five-year hiatus to travel the world, learn new languages, and begin my career as an educator and entrepreneur. Now I've recently launched my second company, Out Loud Speaker School, a public speaking service to provide communication and performance skills to business professionals. So if you want to learn public speaking, you can go oh learn God. from Will Greenblatt. He does still do a bit of stuff here there. Like he was Greek civilian in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Classic. He was also in a play with Noah Reed, a.k.a. Patrick from Schitt's Creek. Very nice. A couple years ago. So you can find like videos of them talking about this play. If you ever <laughs> want to see like Noah Reed with like craft dinner colored hair, it's pretty great. Sick. <laughs> One of the videos I clicked on, like the only comment was, I had such a crush on Will Greenblatt. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> yes. So shall we start the episode? Let's go. It's a tough one, Shady, but, you know, I'm going to have to go with black ink. I'm sorry. That sound means that smog has ruled your answer incorrect. So we start in kind of the end of a broadcast. They're playing a game apparently called What Was That on Waller's Face? Which, like, I'm wondering why Mickey plays their stuff yeah. in his cafe that's not just for teens. He's just dunking on my high school Yeah, friend. this broadcast is, like, so for high schoolers. Yeah. I guess they don't entirely know that Waller's listening, but they have to know Waller's listening. Yeah. So they're just... Well, it's established at this point because you've got I am question mark. Yeah. You know, Shady's got a fan for some reason. She's just fanning herself while she's doing it. A not great British accent. Yeah, it's real bad. I love the, the glimpse into the random segments of RFR we get. It's it's very cute. <laughs> Man, it's hot. Yeah, equator hot. Equator in a parka hot. Lily, Ray, and Robbie get ready to pack up and leave. And they're pretty much out the door when Travis, like... Manages to electrocute himself. There's so many sparks. There's a ton of sparks, and he just kind of falls onto the floor. Yeah. Like, he, I, he just dies right there, and yeah, everyone leaves. That's actually literally my notice. Travis fucking dies. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Travis pops up, and he, he, you can tell he's starting to feel pretty underappreciated. Yeah. He's like, 
great job, Travis. Couldn't have done it without you. Like, he's so sad. So sad. Just wants a little recognition. Right, come on. We've been doing this forever. I know for a fact that under every flap is the same thing. So after the radio station, we transition to Mickey's, where the four of them are hanging out. There's this little, like, separation where... Robbie and Lily and Ray are kind of sitting in a triangle and Travis is off at a little table by himself looking Aww. like just brooding. Oh, we've got staging to connote the distance. I know. <laughs> Ray's set up a cootie catcher and he's trying to get Lily to play along and all the f- flaps say you smell like poo underneath them because he's 14. They're kind of like lamenting that it's another Friday and they're just at Mickey's. So I guess they come here like every Friday night, which isn't bad for being 14. I know. Like you've got this cool like cafe hangout spot and also the town is tiny. What else? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're just like in someone's basement. Yeah. They're they're out on the town. They can just kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. Mickey's got his megaphone again. Yeah. There's a lot of megaphones in this show between like Mickey having one in this tiny shop for some reason when Mm -hmm. his voice is definitely loud enough. And then Barney just suddenly has one in his campaign. I feel like a lot of small towns will have their thing that they produce. Like London, Ontario used to be the primary producer of wooden toboggans. Maybe maybe Roscoe just produces megaphones. (laughs) (laughs) That's the secret of Roscoe. There's a school, a cafe, and like five megaphones. Is is that why Travis moved here? Is like his parents in the megaphone business? Oh, maybe. Maybe. And then he dismantles them for spy tech? Yeah. No, that's, like they're, they're hiding things inside the megaphones, definitely. I like it a lot. But I also like Mickey just being like on the megaphone, being like, Attention, cheapskates. Please be aware that you are being monitored by a security camera. Mickey's speaking to them, but through his megaphone. Yeah. <laughs> and then like shouts specifically at Robbie yeah. through it. <laughs> it's like, you could leave. <laughs> Get out of my my store, store, kid that I've established in the past couple episodes as a very dear friend. Yeah, if you're not here to tango, get out. (laughs) There's never anything to do in this town. It's like we live two lives here, you know? I also really like that, um the point where Travis looks up, you know, we, we just kind of get the three of them and then we get this sh- shot of Travis, but it's after Ray says, it's like we're living two lives and then <gasps> Travis's head pops up. Yeah, and he kind of gives Ray the stare as if you have no idea <laughs> what it's like to live what two lives. What are you implying? <laughs> what do you know? For an hour a day, we're driving the coolest 500 and for the rest of the time, we're in the dork parade. Yeah, and after today, Ray, you're the new Grand Marshal. Hey, that one doesn't count. The rule of dork clearly states Something's only dorky if someone you like sees it. How established is the rule of dork? I I feel like it's definitely something like these two started when they were like six years old. Yeah. Like writing in crayons and stuff like that. And now it's a tome. <laughs> it's just got sections and bylaws. I, I like this, like, as opposed to the bro code. It's yeah. Just, what makes you a dork? Yeah. What did you do? See, what happened was... So we're in a flashback now to the supposed dorky thing that's happening and Robbie and Ray are kind of looking at a pair of girls sitting on a bench and Ray's trying to hype himself up to go and talk to them. Robbie's immediately standing in front of a poster that just says sports. (laughs) Hey, Paige. Hi, Aaron. Um, I I was just uh, wondering. Paige and Aaron, two of our guest stars of the episode, are sitting on the bench. Ray fumbles his attempt to ask Paige out. And she sort of assumes that he's trying to ask her to clear the bench. So she leaves and she's managed to leave her retainer behind. And Ray kind of picks it up and is like, oh, boy. (laughs) Got my ticket in. Yes. 
And we go back to the present at Mickey's and Ray still has the retainer, which is fucking gross. <laughs> Lily's trying to advise Ray to be like a non-creepy person and just ask Paige out on a date. And she suggests that maybe Robbie ask Aaron out. They can have it be a double date. Robbie says we could do a ping pong tournament at your house. And he's being the way he's being. And Travis hops in and says, In London, when we got bored, we would have a warehouse party. Why does an RFR throw them? You guys could take them to that. What? <laughs> how, how is this 14-year-old getting all his pals together to have a warehouse party? Okay, it's... And the thing is... This would have been, like, before he was 14. Yeah, like, he was so, like 13 or 12. Yeah, well, was he coming directly from London or was he coming from Hong Kong? I feel like I feel like he's from London, then he says before that Hong Kong. Okay, yeah. okay, so London is recent. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll stick with, like, 12, 13. Yeah. Having a warehouse party? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of when we were 12, the type of parties we would have is you just go for a sleepover at your friend's house. <laughs> You hang out, you watch movies. You don't go to a like a location that isn't a friend's house or like beyond a Dairy like Queen. being allowed by your parents. Like finding a venue that hosts a warehouse party for twelve year olds. Yeah. My God. Yeah, preteen raves in London, UK. Is this a thing? Let us oh know. Oh my god. But you could tell like Travis is like very moody when he says it. He's like, You guys could do that. He's been know. very broody this whole yeah. time. He keeps throwing like these little glares over at the group that's an awesome idea travis man i've always wanted to teach a warehouse party what what kind of ambition like where did that come from yeah so they're trying to figure it out they figure that robbie and ray can pre-record their stuff and lily and travis can actually run the station and give robbie and ray a chance to do the whole double date at the warehouse party thing robbie and ray and everyone agrees to do the warehouse party and they're just like well we have to figure out where we're going to host it um, Mickey right on cue says, attention browsers. And everyone kind of looks at him like they're getting an idea for Mickey's. And he goes, what? But also like in context, like he's just said attention and people looked at him and gave them his attention. <laughs> <laughs> he went, what? <laughs> I just wanted your attention for a little. <laughs> what? What are you looking at me for? <laughs> All I did was ask for you to look at me. It's like, oh shit, I didn't have anything planned after no, that. Damn, I didn't think this far. The power of the megaphone just sort of compelled <laughs> gave me to this megaphone. ask for attention. Also, I love the fact that like, oh, we're stuck at Mickey's again. Hey, let's have a party at Mickey's. At Mickey's. <laughs> so how exactly are we going to get people to come to this? I mean, it's not like RFR is all that famous. So we transition to school and Robbie's trying to figure out how are they going to spread the news? It's not like RFR is that famous when we had multiple episodes where like the, the entire school few episodes have just been about how popular it is. <laughs> Lily and Robbie are talking in the hallways. They're trying to figure out how to promote it. Lily tells Aaron that there's an RFR warehouse party, but it's super secret. She can't tell everyone because Aaron's big gossip. She's going to tell everyone. But then we get like this like really terrible cheesy montage of these people like gossiping it's like the classic like whispering like yeah. hand over the ear like kind of like whispering. no one can know but it's in the exact same spot in yeah. the hallway the entire time so it's like once you're told you have to stand there and wait for somebody to walk by for you to whisper at them yes. until you're free i'll meet you at the gossip trophy case yeah. <laughs> it's like in front of a trophy case it's it's like a curse that you're passing on like once i tell you it is your responsibility you yes. stay here until you can pass it on and yeah, then you're free town crier sort of role. please come forward for the love of god hear my tale hear, hear my tale of woe um which transitions into travis bumping into leon leon, uh, leon is for some reason dusting the trophies in the trophy case oh with a big goodness. old pink feather duster 
it's it's a really good establishment of of the king of the rule of dork himself. There's an RFR dance this Friday. Yes, Leon, I heard about it. Well, not before I did. Actually, I think I did. Well, you couldn't have because I'm smart. Ba, ba, ba. We have Leon, the feather dusting trophy nerd, claiming that he is smog. Trying to get in on that hot, hot RFR fame. Yes. This is Pronto. With question mark and the lovely and talented Shady Lane. No. No. It's all wrong. So then we cut to the station of Robbie and Ray trying to record their intros to insert into the warehouse. And Robbie's being crazy controlling as always. Yeah. I love how consistent this is. <laughs> Robbie's just like, everything has to be. Like, very neurotic. Robbie's arguing with the group, but then Ray gets pissed at Travis for not doing anything to, you know, stop Leon from telling people he's smog. And Travis points out, there's nothing really he can do. He can't just come out and say, I'm smog, because then that'll blow their whole cover. Travis talks about doppelgangers, and Ray calls him out for being weird, and Travis says, That means a lot, coming from a guy wearing a retainer around his neck. Some might say it's romantic. Did he wear it to school? Right? Why is it on a necklace? Also, he's so sweaty. Everyone in the radio station is so sweaty. I'm so confused. Yeah. Like, and and they never address it, but everybody is so sweaty. Yeah. Like, apparently it's really hot in the station for the whole episode, but they never reveal why. Like, it, I don't, we don't know if, like, uh, air conditioner's broken or if it's a really hot day or just the fact that they basically live in this fucking, like, metal shed is... These are the the actual real world consequences, but yeah, everybody's super sweaty. So we've got like a sweaty retainer necklace. Oh my god! <laughs> Robbie turns the conversation back to he's again freaking out that RFR isn't ready for the dance. He says we don't even have any background music, and Travis says I can help you out there. And he pulls out a CD that he apparently got from a DJ in London, and it's just this kind of like very like chill house music, and everybody's digging it. Wow, that's good, Travis. That's really good. Where'd you get this? Just some DJ I met in England. The mood's picked up again, so Robbie's like, hey, let's record our intros. And the three other DJs introduce themselves, and they say this is radio, free. And you can see Travis, like, he makes an attempt to try and save Roscoe. And it doesn't it's happen. Sad. Well, so and sad. also, it's it's just Ray's intro, and he just says he's here with Question Mark and Shady Lane. He doesn't mention Smog at all. Yeah. It's sad. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's just so rejected. Poor Trav. Poor little boy. Look, man, the dance is tomorrow night. This is our last chance. We get this, like, good, the bad, and the ugly, like, shot of a hand holding a retainer. <laughs> ew, ew. <laughs> ew, ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Paige and Aaron are standing in the hallway holding tennis rackets. Yeah, as you do. Robbie's trying to psych up Ray to finally talk to Paige and Aaron again and hopefully give her back her retainer. Okay, two minute drill. We're down by six, but we're making our move. I'll take the snap and pass it off to you. You take it down the sidelines. If you get in trouble, lateral to me and I'll go for the touchdown. We got it? So we we get the interaction between uh, the boys and the girls. Yeah. Um, Ray fumbles it pretty hard. So oh, it's so bad. So Robbie takes over. Um, after Ray gives Paige her retainer back and she's like, oh, how can I ever repay you? Not like, like how well, the hell did you get my retainer? Yeah. How did you know this retainer was mine? Yeah. If it's like, if she's assuming he just found a retainer. I just know the roof of your mouth really well. Either that or like by that logic, he would have had to ask like every person that he like saw in the hallway being like, is this yours? Please. I could give this to the lost and found, but... Why would I want to get my hands all over it? <laughs> Put it in your mouth. 
Thankfully, he didn't mention the parts about wearing it around his neck or sweating oh all over Oh, my God. Oh, it would be so sweaty. Yeah. Oh, no. I hope she sanitizes it. But Robbie takes over, um, is like a very suave He's so ladies smooth. man oh my God. at 14. Because um, Paige basically says, how can I ever repay you? And Robbie's like, well, you and uh, Aaron here could go to the dance with us. So smooth. Oh, my God. That's a lot. And... Uh, they they pull it off and the girls leave and they're like play it cool play it cool and then they do like their cute little like jumping around it's so excited really in the cute. hallways yeah yeah it's it's funny to see like you know Ray tends to be the kind of outgoing funny guy and to see him completely freeze up like talking to Paige and Aaron and then Robbie like slides in it's kind of a a fun different character moment for them well yeah and it's it's fun because they're establishing everyone's personalities really well like I think everybody is pretty consistent. And it's interesting to see Robbie, like, he's, like, super neurotic and controlling with, like, everything RFR. Mm -hmm. And then, like, here to just be, like, kind of, like, confident and, like, you can see, like, how his personality changes. Yeah. At different points. Meanwhile, the guy who's willing to pants himself in front of the school <laughs> can't carry on a conversation for two minutes. <laughs> Go to the dance with me or I'll pull down my pants. <laughs> God. Oh, God. <laughs> Cut back to RFR and Travis is DJing it up in the booth. (laughs) (laughs) Scream, it's okay. (laughs) Lily spooks Travis and he has this great little scream. And she puts it together that that cool mix that he showed them was actually Travis's. And she kind of asks, well, why didn't you tell us about this? And Travis very dramatically is like, I don't have to prove myself to you guys. And just leaves. Travis is not having a good time. And then we cut back to school, and we're with Ray and Robbie again. So I'm narrowed it down to four pairs of pants and four shirts. Uh-huh. And um, that fringe shirt isn't one of them, is it? Yeah. So we cut back to school. Robbie and Ray are walking. And it's kind of sweet because they're talking about, like, Ray narrowing down the outfit to wear to his date. Yeah. Which is sweet. You never see, like, boy conversations. Yeah, they being, care like, about it. nervous about how they look. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. It's cute and sweet. But they bump into Leon in the hallway. The giant stack of books. Well, yeah, just a whole stack of books. Why doesn't this boy have a bag? <laughs> what is going on? Doesn't he know there's no outside literature allowed? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's bragging about being smog again. And they're, like, trying to kind of poke holes in his story and being yeah. like, well, you know, aren't you going to be busy DJing? And um, Leon basically is keeping up the story and being like, well, I'm, I'm kind of the unsung hero of RFR. And Ray kind of loses it at, at that yeah. and goes like, you just push buttons. A monkey could do that. And then we see that Travis was standing nearby and he's All pretty along. hurt. He's so hurt. Although he also kind of, this whole interaction kind of reveals themselves. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Come on, Travis. Travis, let's talk about this. And Robbie yeah. tries to yell after him. Everyone's like shouting after him after yeah. they've insulted Smog. So it's, it, it is really not subtle. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But um, Ray says, oh, I, I meant like a smart monkey. The ones that wear top hats. <laughs> You're not making this better, Ray. <laughs> but also like that's that's the quality of what makes you smart is you can wear a hat. <laughs> so, been struck with hysterical blindness. We now know that I can operate the board. So then we're back in the station and everyone is even sweatier. Yeah. Like, Robbie and Lily are so sweaty in this one. So this isn't a proper broadcast, obviously, because Robbie and, and Lily are just in the booth. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just them. Lily is blindfolded for some reason, apparently in a test to see if she can operate the board if 
she goes blind, I guess, because Robbie's like panicked about everything. Yeah. But also, what is she operating? <laughs> the The most buttons that they push, like the most technical stuff that they do is like answer the phone. That's true. Maybe. Yeah. Ray comes in and he's got a box full of CDs that Mickey wants them to play in return for allowing them to use Mickey's discs for the warehouse party. Which, why did Mickey agree to this? I know. Again, who has warehouse parties for tweens? Just in their cafe. Yeah. So uh, Travis walks in. He's also incredibly sweaty. So it can't just be <laughs> the space. I don't know why I'm so stuck on the sweat. But it's the fact that it's not acknowledged at all. And they didn't do anything like in makeup to try to like fix the sweat if it yeah. was just really hot on set. Oh, my God. Everyone, I, I feel very bad for these these teens because yeah. they're so sweaty. They so must have just been so uncomfortable. But Travis walks in kind of like breaks the the conversation that they're having a, about him of Lily trying to be like he's new you know like gotta gotta give him time to adjust and be part of the group and he says about earlier no hard feelings and Robbie says yeah us too as if Travis did anything yeah, wrong it's your fault bud what, what would they have hard feelings from Travis about he closed his book really angrily <laughs> at us and then you walked away I don't away. like how you closed your book <laughs> but after the dance I think it'd be best if I left RFR. What? What are you talking about? I've made my decision. That half of the episode ends with the group kind of sitting in stunned silence, wondering what they're going to do, because Travis has decided that he's going to leave RFR after the warehouse party. And Lily is super pissed at Ray, because this is... I mean, he was de- it's definitely the breaking point, although... <laughs> most things of- are Ray's fault. <laughs> most things are Ray's fault. He yells danger man when nobody asked him to. Threatens to take off his pants when nobody else can do. <laughs> you gotta take off your pants. <laughs> uh, that's about time for our CanCon commercial break. And this episode, we're going to talk about the 1990s Nelvana animation classic, Sticking Around! I'm so excited. Get around. So Sticking Around ran between 1996 and 1998. It was from Nelvana, which is responsible for a lot of classic Canadian animation. Uh, The description from Nelvana's website is, Sticking Around uses the advanced computer graphics of boiler paint, virtually convincing us that kids are creating their own animated series. Follow best friends Stacy and Bradley as they navigate their way through elementary school lives. Every day is a new adventure, enhanced by Stacy and Bradley's wild imaginations and the wacky animation in their heads. So, stick around for tons of fun. Uh, the show won the Gemini Award for Best Animated Programmer Series in the spring of 1998. So, yeah, sticking around was a really weird mishmash of things. It had this really kind of strange animation style that I managed to find um, some info about. This is from the TV Tropes page for Line Boil. Uh, which was actually a fairly popular animation style at the time, although sticking around uses it a little bit differently. So line boil is the wobble of hand-drawn lines, particularly noticeable when characters are redrawn in every frame, even though they're standing still. Early 20th century animators considered line boil an imperfection that should be minimized. Limited animation deals with line boil by using the same drawing for parts of the character that aren't moving and only redrawing parts that move, though this may make the immobile parts seem frozen in place, a problem that occurs in computer animation as well. 
To avoid this freezing effect, line boil and other types of wobbling and jittering are sometimes purposely used and even exaggerated. So there were a few series at the time. There was like squiggle vision and stuff like that that were using this as a popular technique. And yeah, sticking around was very much, I don't know, it looked like... Well, yeah, it was like everything was constantly in motion, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is constantly in motion. There's different, like, mashups of colors and textures and stuff like that. It's a very weird show to look at. Stacy and Bradley are our main characters, and then we have Frank, which is the, the wiener dog. We have Lance, who's kind of Bradley's bully, and Russell, Lance's, like, sidekick. All he says is, like, what? <laughs> He's great. He just wears a little blue toque. Polly is Lance's uh, half-sister, who he always points out. They'll be like, hey, it's your sister. And he'll say, half-sister. And Polly's probably one of the more morbid, absurd parts of the show is Polly's always dragging around her dead dog, Pepperoni. <laughs> it's this poodle that has a tire track through it. And it's, I to this day, I constantly, whenever I think of, like, you know, Pepperoni pizza or things like that, I'll start, like, singing her little theme. She always had a little theme that would play whenever she was on screen. Atmospheric conditions, as well as its great distance from the sun, make it highly unlikely that the planet Uranus could sustain any form of life as we know it. I know. I just like saying it. All the kids are cool with the fact that she just carries a dead dog around. Well, it's kind of sad. Well, they, they call her out on it, and then she goes... <laughs> Such a freaking weird show. And then uh, you have characters like, oh, who else? Dill. Dill. Dill's the best. Dill's this character who has one of my favorite character designs of all time. He has like one dot for an eye and then like the other eye is like really big. And he, he always speaks in like yelling. Great news, you guys. I finally figured out what I'm going to be when I grow up. A foghorn? Dill is definitely my favorite character. He would often introduce himself by just yelling, holy mackerel, you guys. And then he'd like opine on something. And Stacy and Bradley, he's like their friend, but they're always clearly unhappy to see him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have that friend who you're just like, hi. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was on for a couple of years. It's had some like mixed, mixed reception. Some people really love it. And some people like, (laughs) I have, I do have some reviews to share because I've been really inspired by Jody finding reviews. And you you can find some really great reviews. God. Here's a review from IMDb from August 30th, 2006 from Helmet Lord. Uh, if kids' shows were actors, this show would be Johnny Depp, a cut above the rest. I don't think that statement's ageful. <laughs> the jokes were crazy, fast-paced, hilarious, and frequent. The plots were imaginative and absurd. The haphazard, childlike style was masterfully used to further the feeling of unpredictability. I think this show is more enjoyable than Fairly Odd Parents and on par with Fillmore, which is quite a statement. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to know what Helmet Lord's like. I love it. (laughs) On par with Fillmore. I mean, that is kind of like the, the standard. Like, that's what you compare every other show against. I watched it until I was 15 when it was cancelled and still thoroughly enjoyed it. Anyone younger who didn't like the show needs to loosen up. (laughs) (laughs) Loosen up, kids! (laughs) Yes. And then here's a TV.com review. Uh, The title of the review is The Most Messed Up Show I Ever Saw by Prankster33. 
Breakfast for Peace. <laughs> Breakfast for Peace. I used to watch the show all the time when I was young because I was stupid and most likely there wasn't anything else on at the time. <laughs> First off, the show is all about Stacy's and Bradley's imagination that turns into something out to lunch. It does have some funny moments now and again, but it's not really all that great of a show. The animation is terrible looking and the color is all messed up. For some odd reason, I like the music though. There isn't really anything much more I can say about this somewhat fair show, so I'm done. Later. <laughs> you don't Prankster need is to out. say that you're out of words. Just end it. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, why didn't I end all of my essays like that? Yeah. Like, um, I think that's all I can think of. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Um, but I don't know. I liked sticking around. It was fun. It, Our parents liked it. Yeah. I think it's definitely when I think of like enjoying absurd humor in cartoons. That was one of those formative yeah. shows. It was just, it was, it was really weird. It was really goofy. Yeah. One of my, like, there's like a couple lines that stick with me. Like there's an episode where they're having a funeral for a bird or something. Like they yes. found a dead bird and yes. they're like burying it. And they're like, someone should say a few words. And Russell just goes, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> Just the only other thing he ever says other than what? <laughs> so what? great. I feel like for a CanCon for our CanCon commercial break, we might need to have a mini segment called Does It Have a Change.org petition? <laughs> 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 because here's a change.org petition called Bring Back Sticking Around. Oh my god. <laughs> it had forty one supporters. And uh let's see here. So this is the change.org petition for bringing back sticking around. Sticking Around was a great Fox Kids show from the 90s. It aired on Fox Kids in the US. But I want the show to come back. Mainly, I want to see the rest of the minisodes from 1994, more of the Fox Kids versions of the episodes, a DVD of the entire series for America and Canada from Lionsgate Entertainment, and a revival of the show. She's not asking much. I also want half of the original voice cast back, mainly Stacy's voice actress, Ashley Taylor. Also, I want the revival to air on Cartoon Network at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. What? <laughs> <laughs> so specific. So specific. But when you make the revival, add a new character named Ronnie. <laughs> Do they have any details about Ronnie? I don't think so. They, they just want a character named Ronnie. Yeah. They want like a self-insert character. Yeah. Also, like, why only half the voice cast? I don't know. Who do they not want back? <laughs> so mean. Yeah. He, you should bring this back. Many people are asking for it. Hashtag bring back sticking around. Hashtag get all the Fox Kids episodes. Hashtag, hashtag get all the Fox Kids episodes. <laughs> I haven't. I've been using that hashtag. I know. Bring it back for your big fat information or aliens from Uranus attack the world. But here's more. Sticking Around was this weird, fun, and exciting show from the 90s. After its cancellation in 1998, it received a cult following years later with many people calling it the amazing world of gumball before it. Many people, including myself, thought it didn't have an ending to it. You mean this episodic <laughs> cartoon? Yes, I, I was ending? left on a cliffhanger of all of the, the overarching plots. Oh, I know. Which is why I think there should be a fourth season and a movie. I also think Cartoon Network should air the new episodes while Cubo airs seasons one to three. I think this show should have more merchandising and DVD sales. I also think the movie should end the series and new animators and writers from Canada should help with the show. And also, we want a full soundtrack and a full DVD release of the show. I also think there should be a new voice cast. So he's got like some of the old cast he wants to bring back here for some of the p new people he wants in. He wants Taylor Lautner what? To, to voice For somebody. all of that 
hot voice acting Taylor Lautner does. I know. And Peter Capaldi, he wants to make he wants Peter Capaldi to play Mr. Doddler. <laughs> who is like this old man character who always wore a fez and oh, like talked to the kids. I, about I want stuff. him to swear the entire time. I know. I want Peter Capaldi sticking around. <laughs> just like everyone else is characterized the exact same way, but Mr. Doddler is just like swearing at everybody and insulting <laughs> them the entire show. So yeah, so that's the change.org petition for bringing back oh, sticking around. That's brilliant. That, I love it. The amount of detail. They're so specific about oh, what they want. The fact that they put so much thought into the like the distribution. <laughs> if you do not meet airing. my demands. How many how many signatures does that have? Oh my god. It had forty one. Forty one. Forty one signatures. Forty one people agree with that exact set of conditions. Yeah. We need Ronnie. Clearly. We need Ronnie. We don't know anything <laughs> it's else. The worst about part the of the show, Ronnie wasn't in it. <laughs> yes. And our Radio Free Roscoe connection here is Mr. Lederhosen, who was like their drill sergeant gym teacher, was voiced by Ron Rubin, who was also Artemis in Sailor Moon, where of course Tracy Hoyt was Chibiusa or Rini, and she was Mrs. Mitchell in Radio Free Roscoe. Sailor Moon voice acting really gives us a lot of connections. It really does. There are a lot of Canadian voice actors who voiced in Sailor Moon who show up everywhere else. And very convenient because Sammy is the ultimate Sailor Moon connection. It's true. I recognize the names right away. Yeah. Um, The one, I do have one more segment we can do for this if you'd be down for it. There's a BuzzFeed quiz called Can You Remember the Sticking Around Theme Song? Yes. (laughs) So this BuzzFeed quiz was posted on August 4th 2015 by Sarah Aspler from BuzzFeed Staff Canada. Thank you, Sarah. Okay, so I'm going to read out this quiz, and Jody's going to see if she can remember the theme song. Hell yeah. For your big fat information, this, this is, is our, our imagination. Me and my friend Bradley, what we draw is what you see, hard to believe, running free, or so crazy. It's, it's what we see, right? Stick around and help us to explore. See the world. Has it never seen before? Blank, Bradley. Oh, come on. <laughs> Real yeah, mature, Real Bradley. Mature. We get up. We get down. Sometimes, Sometimes we, we just, just clown around. What we make is blank, blank, blank. What we make is... What we feel, a big deal, can be surreal, hard to conceal. What we feel. Stick around. There's a whole world to explore. Blank, blank, blank. See that you... world again? Or is it a different one? Uh, it's a different one. Blank, blank, blank. You ain't never seen or heard before. People and places, games and friends, mountains and rivers, sights and sounds. Sights and sounds? Blank, blank, blank. All you have to do is stick around. Play around, sing it loud, scream it loud, dance around. Oh, I don't remember. Sing it loud? All right. And I have your results. ba 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 You got 100% correct. Yeah. You totally remember the sticking around theme song. Which, I mean, how could you not? It's an excellent theme song. It's so good. It's got definitely one of the better cartoon theme songs out there. And yeah, so that's sticking around. Very strange Canadian show from the 90s. The change.org petition is unfortunately closed. So you can't support it anymore. Oh, dang it. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to get Ronnie. Ronnie. Um, but yeah, you can find like clips and episodes on YouTube and it's a good time. Just really kind of more surreal out there animation style and a whole bunch of really fun characters. Uh, it's I have like a very I have a very clear memory of watching it when I was like really little since this was like late 90s. I remember yeah. watching it while I was learning how to tie my shoes. 
That's so sweet. I feel like oh a very like, little special memory of it being on TV. Yeah, especially if it was like in its run, you would have been like two. And it, you probably would have seen it in like yeah. early reruns, I guess. It's a teeny bibby. Teeny bibby. That's sticking around. That's sticking around. There's a whole world to do. There you are. It's getting buried. I said I'd be here. So we get uh, Lily and Travis talking in the booth. Um, Lily just saying, like, I don't agree with Ray. You should stick around like you're appreciated here. Um, Travis goes on about kind of agreeing, being like, I've I just push buttons. I've always been pushing buttons. And it kind of feels like the Jughead I'm a weirdo speech. It does. <laughs> but Ray makes a point. All I do is push buttons. All I've ever done is push buttons. The loner pushing buttons. I'm cool with it, though. After all, Buddha once said, all conditioned things are impermanent. The very first, as, as the, the Buddha, Buddha once said, oh uh, which is our recurring Travis bit where he quotes the Buddha. Mm-hmm. So the quote that he picks is, all conditioned things are impermanent. Uh, the full quote is, all conditioned things are impermanent. When one sees this with wisdom, one turns away from suffering. Which is a legit thing i will be fact checking all of his buddha quotes <laughs> yeah yeah well good job writers for you know finding an actual like piece of buddhist wisdom <laughs> yes i found it on a site that said real buddha quotes.com so, <laughs> so it's, it's probably legit it did yeah. have the book that it was from they wouldn't put real in the website address if it wasn't real yeah okay you know what fine go hide behind your loner lamp persona but you know what you're the only one who thinks that's cool but very quickly, uh, things turn around and Lily calls him out on him just relying on being a loner and yeah. being unwilling to put himself out there and kind of commit to, you know, attaching himself to these people in this group and this place because he's had to like move around so much. Yeah. And he, he reflects on that as Lily leaves and he's such a blinky boy. He's so blinky. He blinks a few times. That's yeah. how you know he's feeling Be prepared emotional. for a lot of Travis gifts this week. Oh my God. All right. I look good. My hair is perfect. Okay, so we we cut to the warehouse. I'm just I have so many questions about just the logistics of this. Yeah. So like in in that like letter with um all of the CDs that Mickey passed along, he called himself the chaperone, which is weird. Is he getting paid for this? Is he losing money? Yeah. Uh, why why does he have a set of CDs that he wants to play if he's like like, that's not promoting anything for him, really, if he's just, like, a distributor. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions about how these 14-year-olds have swindled this man. Mickey just doesn't give a fuck. He was done back in the 70s when he was, like, sitting with Disco Baller, <laughs> he's, just, he's like, so hating his life. Robbie and Ray are waiting for their dates outside Mickey's. That's all right? Yeah, but I think my hand stinks. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. <laughs> There's some good jokes in this one. Yeah. Wow, you guys, um, (laughs) you look, you look pretty. That's fine and pretty. Best of both worlds. The fashion. Oh, My gosh. We haven't even, like, gone into, like, a proper analysis of these ladies' outfits. I know. But, like, Ray's crush, my God, is, like, in that full, like, wide-collared shirt under a t-shirt kind of look. Oh, It's, like, this floral thing, and, ugh. Look. What I said earlier, I don't think you're scared. No, you're right. I am. We've been getting a lot of Lily and Travis bonding kind of between this and like their heart to heart and political and pink. Like there's there's a lot of like genuine friendship right there. And it shows like how much Lily's the heart of the group and that she's she's trying the most to reach out to him and 
make him feel included. Oh yeah, she really is. And then we go back to the warehouse party. Ray and Robbie are about to start dancing with their dates when something is off Robbie's schedule and he freaks out and he ditches the group to go call out Lily and Travis for not following his schedule to the letter, which is a very Robbie thing to do. But just to like continue to harp on their identity thing, like we hear Robbie as question mark yeah. in this setting. Like we yeah. hear his voice over the radio and he just sounds like Robbie. Yeah. Like it sounds exactly like him. Like how would people not like be like, wait a second, Robbie, talk for a second? Because <laughs> that sounds like you. Can you tell me if, hey, Robbie, tell us if you're wondering about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Brain cramp now? No, 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 no. That, that's wrong. I'll be right back. He'll be right back. I used to have a dog who ate peanuts. God. <laughs> Ray, I remember that line so perfectly. It's so ingrained in my mind. Robbie That's... ditches Ray and Ray immediately falls apart. <laughs> it's just this, I used to have a dog who ate peanuts. There's no like build up. It just like cuts to a shot of Ray. <laughs> just shouting about a dog. Yes. That intro was like a two point conversion. Only problem is we're up by six. You don't try a two point conversion when you're up by six. What's a two point conversion? I don't know. My family's not that religious. That's such, such a, a good, good joke. It's a really good joke. Yeah. Smog's in the house. Oh, oh my god, we get the entrance yes. of Leon Smog. Oh my god. Wearing like this 1970s fucking disco pimp outfit. Like he's got spats and wide leg trousers. He's got a vest and a a dollar sign necklace. I think it's an S, actually, because I want it. Oh, God. It's like a giant S. I want to wear it. He's got the hat. He, like, does a little spin. He points to someone and does the call me gesture. Robbie freaks out and runs off to bother Lily again and basically tells her to, you know, expose Leon. And she's like, we got this. Stop calling. And Ray talks about the history of pants. (laughs) He just goes, I wear pants. I wear trousers. <laughs> My great-grandfather would wear pantaloons. <laughs> I don't know. Ray's like pretty quick on his feet when they're on the air. And then, yeah, he just totally crumbles in this episode. Yeah. So Ray scares off the girls. and They, they ditch him. I hear smog is in the house. Let's give that for a moment. Count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> Lily's managed to build up some hype for... Leon smog in the place and Robbie's like what the hell are you doing and she's like stop calling we've got this figured out and basically she sets up Leon by saying smog is going to do some mixing live I feel really bad for Leon how far did he think this was going to go how much did he invest in that stupid fucking outfit (laughs) also why did they have like this like DJ booth just ready that's yeah that's true because they're not they're playing RFR. They're not going to be having a like, DJ. They're, they're just ready to go. Any any minute now. Uh. Oh, so Very aggressive booing immediately from the audience. Yeah, everybody immediately turns on him. We get like this one really poorly mixed boo. That's just <laughs> really so much louder boo. than everyone else. I wonder why that sucked out loud. Um, maybe because the real smog is sitting right here with me. She introduces Travis, who starts DJing very sweatily and doing sick mixes, and everybody's into it. The boys at the warehouse party decide to give it one more shot. Ray gives Paige a case for her retainer, which I guess he was just carrying around with him the entire time. Yeah, does it's, he have a pocket dimension It's a big freaking well. case. Yeah. It's, like, it's a chunky case. And she's like, oh, that's sweet. So they, they let them dance with them. 
um, the boys call the station and just say, you know, Smog, you're you're the best thing that's happened to RFR. You know, we, we hope you're sticking around. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I will. This is DJ Smog coming at you from a little place I am now calling home. It's at least home until the next assignment from the academy comes in yeah but it's little little travis finding his place yeah and it's, it's nice I'm it's like, nice Aww. just partying with lily in the in the station yeah this is that's a it's a really fun episode yeah so that's episode eight the imposter let's uh pop on over to mickey's discs yes so again take these <laughs> take this with a grain of salt but our song list for the episode is bring your laughter by elise bester Boiled Power Raid by The Getaway. Ready, Steady, Go by Paul Oakenfold. Um, Letters from Japan by Flux AD. Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park. Horizon by Botanic. Days Go By by Dirty Vegas. And Boom Boom by Flavor Lab. Okay, yeah, that's Ready, Steady, Go is not accurate. I listened to Ready, <laughs> Steady, Go all the time when I was a teenager. It was on one of my burnt mix CDs that I, would I made recognize for myself. It. <laughs> I'd re- I would recognize Ready, Steady, Go anywhere. There was a bunch of anime music videos for it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm definitely the queen of the rule of dork. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a, a pick for this episode. I think there was one that I liked early on. So I really liked Letters in Japan by Flux AD, which is kind of background music during the part where uh, Ray brings in the CDs and they're all talking about stuff and Travis virtually quits RFR. <laughs> Letters from Japan by Flux AD is from their album Transatlantic Thoughts. Uh, this was an indie band out of Hamilton in the late 90s, early 2000s. Here's basically a summary from Discogs. Flux AD burst out onto the Hamilton music scene back in 1997 with their EP Lucky 7. The band blends alternative rock with layered, dreamy synth pop. Julie McDonald's beautiful vocals echo over the blazing guitars of co-founding member Bill Majoros. Graham Walsh, Joel Stufer, and Aaron Auric have helped to add more focus to the band's sound. Toronto's alternative weekly, I, deemed Flux AD one of the best new artists in 1999. Oh. I don't think they're active anymore, but you can still listen to the album Transatlantic Thoughts on the page for the band The Foreign Films, which is Bill Majoro's current project, so he's still very active in the Hamilton music scene. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, just another good bit of Canadian indie rock. Very nice. There's a lot of an RFR. Yeah, so if you want a a good track from this episode, check out Letters from Japan by Flux AD. Yeah. So that's episode eight, The Imposter. Lots of really good Travis expressions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a lot of of good Travis faces, um, a lot of good Ray lines, and and some good jokes. Yeah, some legitimately really funny jokes. And it's kind of an exploration of something that we hadn't gone into too much yet so far in the series is the fact that Travis is new to this already very cemented group of friends yeah that have been friends for like their whole lives yeah so of course he feels left out yeah so it's it's nice to have that addressed and have this sort of like dramatic device of someone pretending to be him and yeah creates this tension and and uh yeah lots of great quotes lots of great jokes it's just all a around. fun episode for all oh yeah really fun episode definitely a classic so that's episode eight of Radio Free Roscoe and Podcast Free Roscoe. Thanks for tuning in. If you are not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Instagram and Facebook or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. 
You can also, if you want to be on the air on our podcast, you should send us a voice clip to podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com or otherwise just send us any other thoughts, anything you want to share about the show. We would love to hear it. It's been really fun as we've both been diving into, especially, you know, doing the CanCon research stuff and things like that. Just these little niche communities who have this love for weird Canadian content of this time. And we're definitely into it. That's why we're talking. <laughs> so yeah, give us a shout, give us a follow, and let's all love on RFR together. This is Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off. Yeah.